PlayStation slowing down a bit too much. Just like a dead turtle. Hello and welcome to Triangle Squared. And after that, just apt comparison. Very vivid yeah. uh, c- comparison there. There was um, worse. We got a case of the giggles. Like We did like four of these and then we were just like... Uh, we're know. normally not that bad, but this one was just... Saul decided to go a little bit too hard. No, oh, you should have heard three or four before that. Or two, two, at least the first one about yeah. Granny. Yeah, yeah. The Granny one was pretty, uh, pretty monstrous. Make you know? sure life support's plugged into a UBS or something. Or at least UPS, she has I life mean, alert. UB, UBS? It's a UPS. It's a UPS. Power, power supply. supply. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> welcome to Triangle Squared PlayStation Podcast. I'm your host, Brett, and alongside me, Mr. Saul Bridges, bringing you guys 129. 129. Uh, if you are not familiar with us, we are a PlayStation Podcast, so we do talk about all the companies, uh, be it Microsoft, Nintendo, Google, as they're entering into the fray. Things that we like that they do, same, same that we don't like that they do, and how we'd like to see PlayStation either learn from the mistakes that we, uh, as we see them, or, uh, you know, copy, or at least, uh, you know, learn things from them in a in a more positive way uh that we'd like to see them kind of mimic we are available in video format if you like to watch these beautiful faces on youtube every monday at 10 a.m pst and 12 p.m cst and if you'd like to just listen to our sultry voices you can do so over on podcast services be it google play music itunes podbean Uh, if you do go to podbean and download the app you can leave comments on stuff which is pretty cool and i have that app downloaded so i can go check them out at any given time uh but with that said uh if you want to give your feedback on the things that we're talking about with every episode, you can go into the comment sections on YouTube, of course. Tell us your thoughts about the things that we are discussing or anything else. Uh, you can go to Podbean, leave comments on there if you'd like to give us uh, your thoughts on certain things, our feedback of the show, as well as heading over, if you don't have any option for comments, to our social media accounts. You can go to Facebook at Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. Ask to be entered in that group. We will gladly let you in. Uh, we have a Twitter, which is at Triangle SQRD, some sneaky devil winning there and got triangle squared before we could so that's the best we could get um if you like would like to join our day-to-day moment-to-moment conversation uh you can go into our discord which we always have a link down in the description below and last but certainly not least if you like what we're doing here at all uh, and would like to support us with more than just your time which we are infinitely grateful for you can head over to our um, patreon which we have in the description below and give as little as a dollar per month uh, and get some exclusive content or actually rather early content, sometimes exclusive content. It's a little less rare that we do that, uh, as well as some other options for our higher tiers. So go check that out if that interests you at all. But getting into the show the way we always do, what we're going to end up talking about, one of the things that we do, uh, Saul and I don't get to talk a lot during the week, definitely recently. Uh, we've had really busy schedules going on. Uh, we normally don't talk too much about the, the topics that we want to do. We kind of let them come naturally to us. But we noticed that not only last week, but this week, we've had a lot of problems finding things that we felt like were really compelling to talk about. And ironically, what that we are relevant, on, too. yeah, that are relevant. You know, we 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 for a long time the show has remained topical because the generation's been so interesting and different. Yeah. Uh, but you know, one of the things that we realize is that we've been having more problems recently coming up with uh, topical things that are relevant that we are interested in and want to talk about. And it, you know, we were kind of going through like, what do we want to do? What do we want to do? And I said, well, why don't we just be meta with it and talk about the fact that it seems like PlayStation slowing down a bit too much at this point in the life cycle when we're still at least a year out from having the PlayStation five in our hands. Um, but we will get into that and our thoughts on all that in a little bit. We're going to start to show off the way we always do. And that is nice, calm, collective, me and Saul getting to kind of talk to each other and starting the show off in a good, calm way. 
Saul, what have you been up to? What you keep saying calm, like this has ever been hostile. Calm. Calm. I have only played uh, Link to the Past this week in terms of like actual like time sinks of games. Oh yeah, like more than yeah, fifteen like, to twenty minutes. I'm on the Dark World. I got two dungeons left, and oh, nice. the game's harder than I remember. Like I don't. I guess it's it's one of those weird things that's you go back when you and play a game from your childhood. You're like, why do I remember this game being so much easier? Uh, I think it has a lot to do with how much free time you had back then, and you could put more time and, into it the yeah. way that it played. Yeah, sure, and I can see that. I've sunk a ton of time into that this week, but I did pick up the Black Ops, no, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare beta yesterday, and I oh, played okay. about maybe four hours total yesterday. No, well, that's it a time sink. It wasn't that much, actually. I'm trying to think. Let's see. I started around 8.30, and I ended around 11.30-ish, so around three hours, but I didn't play that entire three hours because I stopped and I watched Mindhunter, and I ate... So maybe around two and a half hours total, okay. two hours. Well, that lies into, and I didn't have a great answer for him because I didn't have any interest in the beta, and I was just way too busy this weekend. Um, Blaze was asking if we were going to play the new Call of Duty, and I was like, I genuinely have no clue. I, I really, like, I know what Call of Duty games you like. I would really think you would like this game, in a sense, because there's not a lot. You like Battlefield, to an extent. You like them. I would say you would be more, you would be more persuaded to play Battlefield over Call of Duty, I guess, right? I don't know. That really depends, because one of the things I don't like about Battlefield while we're in that nature, uh, at least in the multiplayer side, for sure, I have no interest in the Battlefield campaigns, honestly. No, yeah. Uh, I, I Bad used to. Company Bad Company was one. great. Yeah. Yeah, um, and Bad Company 2 was as well. Uh, but, you know, my thing is uh, I, I do want a good, solid campaign, first and foremost. So that's one of the things I want. But when it which gets into the multiplayer Call of Duty typically offers two, which is and, good. Mm, typically. Yeah. Typically, I'd say it's like it's once every three games. half and half, you know. Well, once every three games to me, yeah, it's really, really good. Knock it out of the park. You know, we had yet a game that I loved Advanced Warfare multiplayer. The story did not do it for me. Yeah, the story was not good in that game. But the story in Infinite, Infinite Warfare, Warfare was great, but the multiplayer didn't do yeah. it for me. Black Ops 3 didn't care for the multiplayer, cared for the story, uh, which is. Also, two in a row, technically, were games that I liked, and then they went towards World Black War II and no, Black Ops 4, yeah. which did not interest me at all. Uh, but, you know, going into that, the things that multiplayer that get me about Battlefield that I don't like as much, some of the realism is kind of cool, but it comes down to the point of, like, they're way too heavy on trying to be big and a little too big for reasons that I don't quite understand. And I think it's just that they're just not the type of game for me in that sense. I've always said, like, I've always lamented that when we played Battlefield, bursts of it are fun until you start realizing that every map essentially is just kind of like old Quake matches, which have their place, and I enjoyed them when that's what I'm going into with the mindset of. But where you like you learn where the maps are and where things are, and it's just the first person to get there gets good. And my comparison to that comes in Battlefield. The first person who can get to the tank is going to wreck shop and yeah. kill way more. And it's really hard to kill people in a tank. So you get to the point where it's like once somebody gets in the tank, they're just going to wreck shop, and you have to try and stay inside. And it just makes the game feel like it's supposed to be big, but then you're being forced to be claustrophobic unless you're the one in the tank. I don't know. It's never quite clicked with me. So the reason I brought up Battlefield is because I get a lot of Battlefield vibes when playing this new Call of Duty game. And I Hmm. was terrified the first time, the very first game I played, I threw my headset on and I wasn't chatting or anything, but I threw it on just kind of listen and hear things. And it made what 
only uh, I mean I can assume is a completely mm-hmm. new for the series. I don't I remember hearing these gunshot sound effects in the game before. Yeah. But you know in Battlefield when you're running and you somebody's shooting at you and you hear it pachinking off of things. Yeah. Oh, it did that. And it scared me because I was like, I did not know a Call of Duty game would do this. And yeah. I, I'd never watched anything about it. And I realized that the time to kill was like in between a standard Call of Duty team deathmatch game and a hardcore team deathmatch game. It was quick. Like real quick. Okay. Um but not quite as quick as Battlefield is. It's 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 in between Battlefield and well, Call of Duty. Do you remember one of the things I didn't like about um, the multiplayer in Infinite Warfare was the time to kill was very short. This is not shorter. It's not as short as that. It is quicker, and but, that I mean, might have changed. But slower. at launch, it was very bad in, yeah. in Infinite Warfare. To this the point is, where I didn't even want to humor it. You this know? is one of those games that like it feels heavy. Oh yeah, a sense um, of weight. Oh yeah, like I, and I mean that because like you when you run, you don't really. Feel, I mean, you feel speedy-ish, kind of, but you don't feel like... It, it makes it feel like this is a simulator versus an arcade, which are the classic Call of Duty games. Yeah. It's very weird. Like, and you don't you don't run fast, no. but you're running. And when you shoot your gun, there's so much... Like, the recoil reminds me of Battlefield. You're getting... Okay, you're getting me way closer to liking this game, because oh. those are the things I like most about Killzone. Oh, dude, a yeah. A sense of weight. Uh, what, what, I, love the, I love the camera shake, where it's like you Killzone, get that little bit of weight going. And didn't Killzone do the thing, too? Like, when you zoom in with, like, an, like a, it's not an ACOG in Killzone, but, like, a magnified lens, and around the lens warped, like, mm-hmm. the glass. This, it, I want to say, yeah. It does that. I, I recall that. It does that in this now. Um, what really is different about this game is that it really forces you to play differently. This is not a game that you can have the best of ease running around as fast as you can. Um I have learned that like that these they're not huge maps by any means, but they are big Call of Duty maps. But it's, yeah, it, Call of Duty's traditionally had pretty small maps, which I, I like. Yeah, in well, some I mean, senses, it, it depends you know. on it because there are some big maps in those games, and, sure. and it really reminds me of the old Modern Warfare maps because it's one of those that, for my play style, I like to run around the outskirt of a map and try to come in from behind in the flank. Mm-hmm. You can't really do that in this game because the maps are so big. It feels like you can kill at a further distance and. Um, it's one of those two that is like battlefield where you're out and about and let's say you're on this like access road that leads to a city if you run just straight down the access road you're gonna die and oh, that's yeah. how this game is sure. if, if you're out in the open somebody somebody on Twitter complained about there being too many areas of death meaning like if you walked out there like he circled it and it was like 15 areas that you could be shot from well the thing is is that he was in the middle of a street and it kind of forces you, while the maps are big, it forces you to get kind of close with each other, but not because of a tank, just because that's kind of how the play style of the game is. is well, no, and you that, can be out of the outskirts sniping, no problem. Yeah, sure. And you can be out in there doing mid-range battles, no problem. But you got to watch out. Like, if you are one of the people who are up close and personal, don't be caught out in those areas, because yeah. you will die. I understand that, too. Because, like, going back to Killzone um, 3, one, one of my favorite multiplayer games ever, uh, the one map that I always hated, not because I thought it was a bad map, I hated it because it re- it revealed all of my weaknesses. Uh, it was called Bill Gark's Boulevard, and yeah. it was a map that's set up with uh, essentially a city area. And you go through, and there's on the left and the right side of the map are f- essentially, they're not straight line throughs, but they're alleyways that connect all the way to the other end of the map. Okay. Um, and then in the center is a very big open area between all the buildings, and because of that there's little dips in there in terrain and stuff so that you can't hide there's some cover but a lot of people who are going to go in there in that area will end up doing this thing where they kind of run freely but you learn not to do that and depending on the play style that you're really good at it's a map that is really built towards having great setups for all team play you want you have ammo boxes and spots where you can kind of be uh 
reasonably um, vulnerable. And the way that those games work is that the ammo boxes can get destroyed and you have to have a, a, a essentially, a, I can't remember what they're called. I think they're engineers in that game. Uh, and they'll repair the ammo boxes. So that's something to kind of think of. You can destroy an ammo box, wait for somebody to come over there and take a while to fix it so you can try and get a kill on them. Things like that. But the main thing I noticed is it was a map that uh, the people who were cloakers, which are essentially, I can't remember their actual cl- class name because I never really cared to play it. I was a medic normally in that game. Uh, but they're essentially snipers. Uh, and they can go into a place and cloak themselves and of course they'd cloak themselves and then keep their aim down in the middle of the map yeah so what that did is for players like me who realized that was one of my weaknesses it ended up making me almost constantly stick to the two alleyway sides which funnel certain people in and it's just a very interesting play style because it's not like there's nothing happening in the middle but it's people who are min maxing on well you know what if i cloak here and aim towards the middle i'm gonna die probably a lot less often but i'll probably i might get less kills because of it but my kill to death ratio will probably be better but then you have people on the outside who are getting way more hectic in these alleyways because there's certain people that are trying to strategically avoid the middle right um, so yeah every game's different i don't mind the, the, the thing about battlefield is i just feels like it feels artificially like it's suddenly like adding vehicles into the open area makes the open area feel redundant yeah and this isn't if as, you're not in a vehicle this isn't as realistic as battlefield by any means but it's one of those that it's a cool in between and it feels so different for the series that it feels fresh it looks now, so different for the series oh it does it's a new engine and i'm glad that they did that they needed to do that uh, I, I like a lot of things they're adding in even if they're things i'm not necessarily worried about like the ability to tilt with your gun and stuff you can't tilt with your gun you can mount your gun on a corner oh, that, yeah that's yeah. what i mean sorry you can't uh, rainbow six you, you can't yeah you can't tilt it but you can mount it on a corner and then which gives you some layer of control that you used to not have in those games kind of yeah but it also like I've, I've tried it it doesn't really work that well because imagine if you are like up against a wall in a game and you try to aim left or right but the wall stops you so you can't aim all the way yeah you you, you like you, well when you say aim like you mean line of sight yes yeah you can't aim your gun or you you know you can't aim it as far over as you'd think you can mm-hmm. um and i guess that's because technically you're on a tripod and you know tripods are limited it seems like the game's trying turning. to be realistic it feels in, that in a way. way that's way different than Call of Duty has done before. Oh, it, it feels that way. What and what I'm really curious about, and somebody let us know because I know we do have Call of Duty fans out there. But um, is this game like supposed to be a reimagining of Modern Warfare, yes. including the campaign? Because that's what I'm really curious about. Yes, but it's not going to be like a. It's not a reimagining of the original campaign. It's a reimagining of the entire idea of Modern Warfare. And that means some of the characters are going to make their way back, like Captain Price. Yeah, but he has no. It's, there's no tie into the previous three okay. games. I didn't know if they were going to try to reimagine certain areas and missions and stuff. Well, they might, but they've not talked about it that I've seen at length. Okay. A lot of it's just like, it's the same basic idea that those games gave you, which is like, hey, you know, what if you put yourself in some kind of hard real world situations like the infamous Modern Warfare to uh, No Russian Mission? You know, things that kind of give you some moral feelings of like, oh, I'm doing this, but maybe I shouldn't be doing this. What would be cool is that with Modern... Kind of like Spec Ops The Line moments. That's what I was going to say is that what's cool is that... The original Modern Warfare kind of did that horrifying thing with nukes. And I'm kind of curious as they get into like chemical warfare into this game. Yeah, I don't know. Definitely since that's more of a real world thing now that's kind of going on. Yeah. I don't know. That's going to be an interesting one. I mean, technically, if you think about the chemical warfare side of things, that was brushed on. Actually, I'm going to say brushed on. That was really... That was a one of the parts of Black Ops 3's campaign. Well, that um, was a real, th- like, you know, that, that's based off of stuff like that's happened way back long mm-hmm. ago in Vietnam and stuff. Yeah, when they sure. were using um, 
Agent Orange. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. But enough of the history lesson, enough of the uh, Call of Duty talk, because all of our JRPG fans are hating us right now, calling us chads. What have you been playing? <laughs> uh, well, to go into the JRPG people that love it, whether they own a Switch or not and love it, I did beat uh, Astral Chain, and uh, without talking spoiler at all, it's a great game. Uh, it is by far the easiest Platinum Games game I've ever played, but it's so fun, and I Don't think Don't forget, you did say you played we, we did. We, we did play on casual. On casual. That, but, He's comparing it to me who died a couple times. Yeah, so my, my point being is that I technically never died to the point of game over, and I didn't even die at all in the game. And the game has got a backup system called batteries that can essentially—it's an AED that recharges. I don't think you, which you makes can, sense. You can't fully get a game over in casual. You will be revived. Oh, okay, like, that th- makes sense yeah. too. Now, part of that was was I was trying to play the game without worry. A, there's no trophies, so I feel like the motivation to play a harder difficult and i thought that even on casual the game would be a little bit harder or than actually usual. yeah i just realized i never fully I, I ran out of batteries but i never died on that I don't, oh, okay. I don't know if you can fully die in casual or not i don't know either okay so then but i also didn't maybe have problems I with what i just said but regardless what i was going into it for was fun gameplay which it has in spades uh whether and i, I probably could have used it maybe i should have played it and if i ever go back and replay it i'll play it on the harder difficulty well, play styles. That's the problem. It's not called difficulty. That's why I don't know how much it actually changes. All it is, it says play style. I, I don't know if that means that the enemies actually get harder. Due to the nature of being called casual, and then it what makes was you the, think what was the next easier? one up? Was it pro or veteran or something? I don't think so. I, I can't remember what it was called, but maybe but it was called normal. But maybe it wasn't. So. It's not labeled as difficulty. So I guess my brain had a harder. I was just like, well, I don't want to worry about combat scores. I don't want to see it because if I see it, that's going to make me feel like I should have done better than I did. Ironically, though, halfway through the game, I ended up being like, well, I actually am trying to have more fun with this game, so I'm going to be combat wise i'm gonna try and be as varied as possible so i guess i probably would have gotten good scores you do also get something for doing the the end game there is an yes. end game at the end is, that yeah. you can do and I, do you know what it is i mean the the end game itself Nothing no no important. like do you know what you get no okay i, I googled it because i'm not it's like 72 cases you have to do i'm yeah. not doing all that no, i'm not doing uh, that either. because i'm gonna replay the game here soon on the hardest difficulty when i get my switch light in but um outside of that what though, else have you been playing yeah uh i Let's see. I've been playing Borderlands 3 with uh, the homies RJ, uh, Loki, and Mr. Derek Porter, who is one of our patrons. Thank you, sir. Uh, I've been having a blast with it, man. Uh, like I was telling you, my only thing about like my little t- quick touch-up on Borderlands 3, the game is fine. The comedy's gold, as it's always been. Some things are even better than they were, I think, in terms of the comedy. I feel like they've really leaned into making Claptrap a more interesting but also funny character. Uh, the open areas are pretty nice. I feel like the game is is bigger, but at the same time, I, I, it doesn't feel quite like the generational leap that I was kind of hoping for, but maybe that's for the better. It's hard to say right now. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I like that. I've show, I've got to the next planet, and so far, the second planet is way different than Pandora, so that's nice. It feels like there's a reason I'm glad for, that, for, the, yeah. for the planet to be so that. different. Um, uh, you know, the driving mechanics still are terrible, like they've always been in that series. I've never cared for them. Uh, I'm not going to say terrible. They work, but they're not good by any real mean. Uh, but having fun with it, great. Uh, great. The characters are great. I feel like the classes are really fun. Uh, and the class branches feel like they're even more diverse than the previous games. So I think that when you do get around to playing it, you really like it. And also, you were, you were eyeing Flack, right? That's who you were thinking about yes. being? Super fun. Super good. fun. That's who I was wanting to play as. Um, but yeah, I've been playing that. Uh, I did play some more remnant from the ashes with Mr. Uh, S J Swanlin, S J D Swanlin, whatever it is. Yeah. Stefan is his name. Uh, um, every time S J W Swanlin is what I want to call him. <laughs> he knows that, but, and, uh, we were doing good. So you need to hop back in and play with us on that. Some, I'm uh, still on the tree. I know. 
Let me know when you want to Is play it and we'll do it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's the Ent. Yes. But I've uh, been playing some of that, and let's see. Ooh, there's a last but not least in there. I'm fairly positive, but I'm having a hard time remembering exactly what it is. Oh, I played No Man's Sky. That's what it was with Donovan, but it was a very odd uh, stint of things. And Donovan's my longtime best friend and patron, so thank you, good sir. Uh, But yeah, that's going to wrap that up. Let's go ahead and get moving on with the show. Uh, Before we get into anything else, we're going to go ahead and go into our community's take section, which is where we always take a question that we base off of and give at the end of every episode, and then we'll repost it into the community to get feedback and answers on it, uh, where we get you the communities take on the different things that we're talking about so of course last week's episode was a uh, user topic suggested to us from mr josh and he we talked about you know what games are sometimes too long uh, and what games are too short you know and, and it was a fun topic that we thought a lot of people would have fun answering so i think it would be really great to start off with josh uh Shoup's answer to the question uh so the community state question was what is a game that you felt was too long and overstayed its welcome when you being shorter would have helped it in your opinion what's a game that was too short for you and you wish gave you a little more josh says i know it's likely sacrilege to say but i do feel as if persona 5 was a bit on the lengthy side oh i did not mean to click on that but it's okay um he says oh When I finished the game, it was a little over 100 hours and not even close to completing all the trophies. The problem with the game is that you cannot get the platinum on your first run. So imagine having to play a 100-hour game twice to get the platinum in it. That's just asinine to me. That being said, still would recommend to play. That kind of echoes into what I was saying last time. I'm not saying the game's not worth playing by any standard. I haven't played it. It's just that it's daunting for me to even want to get into it because... I have yet to see a game be that long and be compelling the entire time to where you could look at it and say that game needed to be every bit of that length. I just don't see it being the case. And I like that he even goes to say that he felt like it was, you know, I think he goes into it and he said it's, Let's see. Maybe he said it somewhere else. I don't know why I'm not thinking what it is. Did he say it was a fifth? Somebody said specifically, I thought the game was like a 15 hours too long. Um, and that might be another community stake thing, but I like that. I'm not saying that the whole game is worthless, obviously, but yeah, it's, it's hard for people that don't have as much time uh, that they want to dedicate to gaming to want to get into something that's so daunting as a hundred hour game. So I understand that uh, as far as a game that is too short on his regard, he says, I will go with a game that I just got the platinum in a couple of days ago called distraint. It is a red games. I don't actually say that people, um, but he says, so many people want to play it just for the trophies. I felt that the game was actually extremely enjoyable and had a decent story. Fun art style, but the game can be completed in about an hour and a half. I would like to see that be doubled. Uh, and you know, that's one of those weird things. I think the... Have you played any of those games or seen any of them? Mm-mm. They're all bite-sized. And I think they're all cheap. I want to say they're all in the $10 range. Um, their games are real quick. They all hinge on a, mainly a gameplay idea. And then they just give you a story that's loosely wrapped around it for the most part. That's kind of cool. And it's not a bad idea. I actually kind of like the idea, but I've never played any of their games that I'm completely aware of at least. Um, But they're all very quick. They're all very easy to platinum. And they normally don't even require you to beat the game to platinum them because all the trophies are aimed into gameplay because the The story mechanics of the trope, the story is kind of tertiary. It's there. And it's there to kind of give you a framing as to why you're doing these things. But the games live and die on their gameplay mechanics more than anything. Not that they're not that they're necessarily perfect, as being somebody who hasn't played it. But I do like where he says here the game was fun. As he said, extremely enjoyable and had a good story and a fun art style. So it's one of those rare situations where even if the story wasn't necessarily meant to be amazing, he enjoyed it. Uh, so yeah, I 
I could see wanting a little game that even if you spent ten dollars on it to be three hours. You know, I, I I felt I feel like there are some people that want a journey to be longer. Even though I personally don't think journey should have been longer. It's a it's the type of game that it, for what it was trying to achieve, it would have really hit it more if they tried adding and length to journey it. Journey was like it, a three hour game, three and a half maybe. But it was really tight, and it felt like oh, it didn't overstay its welcome. And since that game doesn't have any. The goal of the game and what it's trying to do is it's kind of a minimalist game, and I feel like if they overstayed that too much by even adding so much as doubling it, you know, saying, well, let's make it into a six-hour game, I don't know that they could have pulled it off in a way that was compelling. So, you know, still, hour and a half game, that's that's pretty short. I guess you can just replay it all you want to. but Yeah, that's true. Let's I'm going to do one more from Facebook, and then I'm going to hop over to Twitter. Oh, you, you go ahead. You go I ahead. I got Twitter. I've been talking enough. You go ahead. I was going to say our good buddy Felipe, a.k.a. Rex Strider, mm. good old Twitch streamer buddy of ours and personal friend from a local place here in where we reside. He says, I hate to say it, but right on the top of my head, The Messenger. While a cool idea, the last part of the game begins to wear its welcome and may for, may for some even cause to drop before completion. And for sure, I wish Devil May Cry 5 kept going, mainly because it was rocking. <laughs> Ironic. Ironic that I said Devil May Cry could have been a little shorter. <laughs> Not too much shorter, but like two or three hours. Well, max. on yours, it looks like he's saying because it was rocking. Now, whether he means that from a story well, perspective or gameplay perspective, I was I was I was really enjoying it. It was just there were certain parts of the game, and I think he'll pick up on this. Certain character parts that I was just like, I'm done with this. Stop letting me play this character. I don't want to play this character. Yeah, move on. He'll definitely pick up who it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's not fun. Well, he goes on to say, too, just I mean, to clarify, fun, but not that fun. I believe the problem lies with the messenger starting as a linear style game, then going into not open world Metroidvania, but a where's Waldo search for where to go and what to do instead of building on new abilities like most Metroidvanias hurts the last hours. Uh, the messenger, if I remember right, was like the little nin- like the little ninja game where you're running around. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it an old retro cool. style game. That's a um, like what he said. It's a Metroidvania. But I heard that issue a lot from. I think three people at least that I've seen say that that it is that a, a Metroid game also shouldn't start off linear like that, like, like real linear. Um, well, and that's I, where that's where it gets you is that you get used to that linearity and then it opens up and you're like overwhelmed all of a sudden. Well, what's the see? It gets weird about what's open in a 2D game because it's just one of those things, right? But well, my, my point is like Hollow Knight point, is point pretty of comparison. Open. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I will give you that. A lot of Metroidvanias open in a more linear sense. Hollow Knight, you can immediately go to a lot of different places. Uh, but a lot of Metroidvanias, like closest example of one that I think just hits the nail on the head of what I'm talking about of starting in a way more confined space is uh, the beginning of Bloodstain. You, and this isn't really spoiler, you start on a ship. Uh, so, of course, you're confined to the ship. Now, the ship's big enough to give you an idea of moving th- around the tiles, yeah. but it is linear. And then once you've got a grasp of how to move through the game and what the combat and everything is, then it goes to the main part where you're going into the castle, and then the castle's humongous. Okay. You know what I mean? Maybe I misinterpreted, but when he said hurt the last hours, I had a, I thought that it was linear the entire time up until like the last three or five hours of the game that it opened up all of a sudden. Maybe. Uh, if, that, if that's the case, that's a major mixed direction. Now, there's multiple Metroidvania games that I like that start off in a somewhat cramped up space. Yeah, because it's about teaching you the game. Yeah, Hollow, Hollow, Hollow Knight. Uh, Shovel Knight is like that, in a sense. Okay, that, yeah. the, the game is very simple and very standard of a just a 2D side-scrolling platformer. Uh, is Shovel Knight a platformer? Do you consider that a platformer? Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know what to call it. I love it. I don't know what to call kinda it. It's kind of hard to say because, well, here's my bigger thing. As somebody who's not played Shovel Knight, I've seen it played. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Would you consider it a Metroidvania? 
I don't think I yeah. would. Just because the amount of upgrades you can get and go back for, and well, there's like there's so musical when you get notes a new upgrade, you can, you've got to go back to areas that you couldn't get to before. There's there's items back there. Yeah, there's like musical notes and stuff that you can use, and then there's I want to say that there is a couple things locked behind it. It's been since I owned it on the the ooh, Vita. The last yeah, player? I think so. Yeah, it had to have been because I Here, played it first. Here's on 3DS. where I'll for sure say it's a Metroidvania, at least by my own definition. Uh huh. To further in the story, did you have to go back? Did you have to go and get a thing that once you had that you could con- you could continue to a certain area, or was it kind of just like a moving through a game? But you could go back to certain areas and get extra I th- things. I think that that is that game. It's been that long since I've played it though. Yeah. Um, because I think I actually started trying to speedrun it on PS4 or PS Vita originally. Then I downloaded it on PS4. It's one of those weird games that like I bought on the Vita and it's not cross buy, but I own it on PS4. <laughs> Minecraft's that way. I never bought Minecraft, and I, and we kept thinking for a while there that for somehow I got the rights to it. I shouldn't have it on my PS4 Pro, and I do. Never paid for it. I don't know either, man. It was free for download on my PS4 Pro, and I never. I don't know what happened, but it's there's a Rogue um, Rogue Legacy. Yeah, is that cross buy? Yes. Okay. I was going to say, because I have that game, and I had it yeah, on Vita. that was cross I played a lot of it on Vita. That game's great. That game's um, just not one for Okay, the well, here, let me throw one more in from Twitter as well. No, no, throw the one from Discord in. We'll throw the Twitter in, too, since you mentioned it, but throw the one yeah, from well, Discord in. Yeah, well, it's short. He I says, agree with it. Mr. Andrew Nichols says, uh, let me prefe- uh, preface this by saying I still adore the game, but my God, Okami took forever. I'm not going to lie. Okami is way too like, long. Okami is... Do they have that game out? Like, what, what is you that can get Okami on, on PS4. Yeah, you can get it. Okay, I, I remember it came out for the PS3 last gen. Yeah, but it came out on PS4 as well. Yeah, and it was originally pretty sure it went from PS2 to PS uh, PS2 to Wii. Yeah, then you remember? Or, do you know who who did the Wii version? It's the same people who did Beautiful Joe, isn't it? Nope. Who is it? The, the it's Ready at Dawn. People behind the order. Oh, order. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, that was one of their first. Do games. they have this game on Switch though? Is what I want to know. I think so. They do. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and I love that game, but I completely agree. That game is way too long. It's a beautiful game and it's fun, so I guess I get it. But it just feels like it just it, okay it has a similar problem. Uh, it had a similar to problem to Legend of Zelda: Wind Waker, where the game is fun and you're having a good time, and even though the gameplay is still fun. It tasks you with something in the game that's just so menial. Like having to get all the pieces of the Triforce in Wind Waker is terrible. I hate it so much. Like the first time I played the game, I was able to get through it. Replaying the game, you know, I never want to do it. And Wind Waker HD fixed that. No, even then, I've played it on HD. It's better, but it not is. very much. It, it fixed the it fixed the slog, which is the issue. It didn't. What fix, do you all mean? it did was made a couple of pieces easier to get because of the way the game works. That's the slog, though. But right? it's only a couple of pieces out of like what thirty something pieces. That's probably a slight exaggeration. I don't understand. I've played this game twice now. Once on PS2, once on Wii. I do Okami. not understand. How the on on this website time or how long to beat? I brought it up last episode that I really like this website. What did I miss out on so much that there it says thirty four and a half hours to beat the main story? It's literally twenty more hours to be completionist. What did I miss out twenty hours of content on? I don't remember there being an extra twenty hours of content in there. That is long though, sixty hours almost for this game. I yeah, never. I I, if if you said Okami is sixty hours, I looked at you like crazy. I would have too. Honestly, but I didn't realize that's, it was that long. That's what it is. But I haven't played that game since PS two. I played it on PS2, then then on uh, Wii. And I didn't, I didn't I even own it. I borrowed it, so I beat it and I gave it back. I, I rented it. I, I didn't know that you could do that. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't know that there was extra content in it. Uh, okay, we're going to grab one from uh, from Discord real quick, and then we're going to get the show moving. Uh, here it is, right here. This is what I was thinking about. Because I agree is, with this one. Yeah. Um, oh man, there's another one. I, okay, we you know what? We're, we're going to keep it to one and. 
All I'll mention is that the well, thing about it being 15 hours too long came from Mr. Sean Sandery, one of our patrons, and it was in regards to Persona 5. So to go to a different game, uh, this is Atlas Unchained, another one of our patrons and good friends. He says, I think the very last world of Kingdom Hearts felt tacked on with too many bosses at the very end. One or two more fights with the big bad would have been fine story-wise. For too short, control comes to mind. I don't want to spoil, but the last stretch seemed like it was in a hurry to wrap up. I agree on that, actually. Uh, which doesn't harm the game's charm, in my opinion. I was just expecting a a few more questions answered me and josh ironically the person who gave us the topic actually had a conversation about that uh it is the only weakness that i really see in control is that it seems like they had to kind of wrap the game up to get it out and there's a couple of questions that are not answered because of that and i feel like they're going to end up answering them in dlc and whether that was the intention or not it does suck that it's going to feel like you left it out of the game whether they whether they had to or not because of publisher demands you know right it's just going to feel like that and it's it Part of it, I think, also comes from the fact that the game is really vague in a lot of ways anyway. So it's a little bit of like, how much information can you, how much can you extrapolate from the info we've given you to fill in the blanks of what you don't know? I'm really. Some games do that. Yeah. And be like, hey, you know what? There's a story here that if you're keen enough to pick up on, you can, uh, you can figure out some of these things. There's also a lot of lore in the game with uh, audio tapes and stuff that you can pick up in files. So I feel like it leans a little too min- too much into that. You brought up lore. Is this game part of the Alec Wake? Al- Alec. Alan, Alan Wake. Wake? Yeah. It's heavily hinted that it is. And actually, cool. we'll get, when we get in the news in a minute, uh, one of the new expansions that's coming, I'll talk about it, looks like it's going to be an Alan Wake crossover. Okay, that's cool. So, Alan um, Wake was a dope game. Yeah, but uh, on I guess he's talking about Kingdom Hearts 1. He says the last world of Kingdom Hearts felt too uh, heavy. I actually feel like Kingdom Hearts 1's pacing is great. Um, unless you're, I mean, I don't know. I I would agree with three in the sense that's that, what I'm curious if it means yeah, one, two, or three. Three, three had the last, without spoiling anything, but the last two worlds of three. There's one that I would give a hint on what I'm talking about in terms of a uh, meetup resolution of kinds, and then there was uh, a new world. Both of those felt too long. And it was the pacing at fault there because the first world that I had a problem with, the the second to last world, was a mere run boss battle after a ten minute cutscene, then a ten minute cutscene, then you run boss battle, ten minute cutscene. Now you're, cut are scene. you talking about during the final boss? No. Or are you talking about in the in the actual? I'm talking about it's an end game world. It's an end game world. Yeah, it's the second. It's the world before you go to the the new world. Well, what's the new world? I can't remember the name of it. It's, it's that weird um, Latin name. Okay. Skull Ad Callum. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, I just wanted to be, that's what I was trying to make and sure. And that world was really cool until it got to the end boss fight where the location changed too much. You know what's odd is that I think that if we're talking about, you know, I, I, could, I could see you saying Kingdom Hearts, and I think he does mean one is too long in that sense. That's fair. I think if, I think he just means from a pacing I, standpoint. I feel like you can cut out the problem, a The problem with three is that I was so excited for Scala Ad Kylum just for it to not. I, I it like, didn't do why, nothing. Why can't I explore it? It, it was a so scenery cool. change for boss battles. That's all that world yeah. provided. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, don't get me wrong. The, and game, it was. the series has always had areas that you only go to for boss fights, but they're normally not a world on the map. It's also the only time I think that Master Ericus came back and we had got to hear sweet, sweet Mark Hamill voice acting him. Mm-hmm. I think, was that the only time you saw him in that game? That's not a major spoiler or nothing. Yeah. Not like, that's what I thought so. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that wraps up Community's Take, and we'll get going into news. Uh, and I guess since we just talked about Control, I'll go ahead and knock Controls out as the first thing. Uh, they have two paid expansions coming in 2020 uh, and a free game mode that they're adding in December. What's up? So long after the game came out? I mean, 
One of them, okay, look. So first thing that's going to be had, adding on is photo mode, and that's going to be fall 2019 is what they just kind of have it loosely okay, that's, dated. I mean, that's fine, I guess. Uh, they're also working on supporting the game up. You know, one of the most recent patches just came out and it's supposed to help with performance. Uh, now, here we are right here. The first new game mode is called Expeditions. It's not an expansion necessarily. They're just calling it a new game mode. Game mode? Game mode, yes. And it comes out in December 2019. Now, as far as story expansions... Early 2020 is the foundation, and that's expansion one. And then the C, the one right here, expansion two, uh, that's called. It, they're aiming for mid 2020, and that is the most Alan Wake. And it first is, of all, that moon. is literally the Alan Wake, Wake thing. Font. Yeah, and then the bottom half is Jesse floating. So I'm assuming that's a crossover. And that's what it looks like. Uh, but the game hints at it being placed in the Alan Wake world anyway with some Easter eggs. But, you know, a lot of a lot of game developers do that anyway. But now that they've got the rights back to Alan Wake, uh, it makes more sense that they have the freedom to do this. You yeah. know what I mean? They don't have, they're not beholden to any kind of publisher. They can do what they want. Alan Wake, for me, was like one of the most original games last gen. Yeah. Especially it, ones that I played due to the fact that Xbox didn't have a lot of those. That's exactly what I was about to say. It's the only game I can genuinely think of on the Xbox 360 that was way out of bounds for them. And I don't mean in a bad way, like in a good way. I was like, whoa. To be fair, Lost Odyssey is pretty out of bounds for them. And it worked well. Early gen. And it, yeah, fair though. Fair. Um, all right. Uh, see, next thing up, uh, for anybody who wanted to go back and revisit Days Gone, uh, New Games Plus has been added to the game as many other PlayStation games have gone and added New Game Plus in later. Uh, so if you wanted to go back and play it, you can go do that. Uh, one of the next things on the list. Is it weird, though? Hold on. Let me stop you there. Is it weird that games come out with New Game Plus a little too far after launch for most of titles? I could see that, but I don't think it's a bad thing. Ironically, I agree that it's weird. I agree that it should be there, but I think one of the good things it lets you do is it lets you play the game, leave the game alone for a little while, and then if you get that, it's like you know I wouldn't mind replaying that, and now I get to play it with an added bonus of it being a new game plus mode. Maybe I'm weird. It might even be a reason to pull people back into a game. Maybe yeah. The problem is for me, I always get the platinums. I try to get it when I'm playing the game, so my drive to go back is kind of gone. Well, that's how I am. I don't like. Like for for Astral Chain is an example that has a new game plus mode that's out. You know, the only reason I'm waiting on going into that is um, and because I'm going in at a harder difficulty. I don't know if I'll have time to beat it before the Switch Lite comes out. So then save transfers and all that crap. I don't want to deal with all that that day. Um, my thing is is that I don't with most traditional games. I don't want to wait on new game plus. I typically will hop in. If I don't hop in, I won't play it at least for a long, long time. I think that there's some people like that, but there's a lot of people. And I used to be one of them before games just started being, I started getting inundated with games, uh, as my interest and ability to buy them grew more and more. I used to go back and play kingdom hearts once a year, every year for like six years in a row. Uh, and the last time that I actually did play kingdom hearts and beat it all the way through was like 2014 or 15. Uh, and it's been since then. I've, I've played it since then, but I've not, beat it because yeah oh yeah i guess that's that's true like you, i could on your platinum run for it yeah i was kind of debating doing it and then i, I just lost interest because there's other stuff coming Did you out. get like pretty much everything to get the ultimate weapon yep i already have it all oh you, you have the ultimate weapon though I, I don't have the ultimate weapon but i have everything i need gotcha um so yeah, whatever uh next thing up on the list though is the last of us part two uh was if for anybody who saw we talked about it it was recently shown off behind closed doors to gamestop employees as their uh their normal event they have every year. Uh, and it seems like we're finally going to actually see more of it. So uh, Jeff Keighley announced that later this month, The Last of Us Part Two is going to have a media event that's going to take place on 9-24-19 in Los Angeles, California. So it seems like this is going to be a full-on blast of things. And I'm curious if we're finally going to get a date. 
You know what? I got something to bring up in a little bit. And this actually, ironically, I feel like this partially ties into the main topic, but we'll get into that in a minute. And it it ties into an aspect of the main topic as well that Sony did. Okay. Well, we'll we'll save it. I'll keep the article up so I can remember that we were going to brush up on it, but we'll keep going along. Uh, Final Fantasy VII got a lot of new stuff, including a great new trailer at TGS if you wanted to watch it and it uh, interests you at at all. Uh, But one of the things we did get to see uh, is that there was an announcement made that Final Fantasy VII has a classic turn-based option for people who want to play it turn-based. And it's not fully turn-based. It's not fully ATB limit. It's not fully... Well, there's two modes. There's one that does have ATB and then there's one that's classic classic that's just do, give it a command and it'll do it uh and then yeah, there's one that does have atb lit. now it's, it's not quite the same as the original but it's something that's way closer for people who are wanting something more akin to the original from what i read it's system. like the new camera angle in dragon quest 11 where it's turn-based you have to wait to sag but you could run around Probably. Well, look, it says right here, uh, and, and I'll go ahead and go. It says, uh, it's a series of tweets. Classic mode is pitched as a recreation. In standard modes, the ATB gates fills up by repeatedly attacking your enemy. But in classic mode, this aspect of the gameplay is handled automatically. The player does not need to do anything, and the character fights automatically, charging up their ATB gauge. But I believe you still run around in that, is what I'm saying. Possibly. Like, it's, it's like, it's very, Possibly. from what I've read, and I don't know if what I read was true, but people were freaking out about it on uh, Reddit about it. I'm just like, y'all. Calm down. It's like that whole stupid Last of Us 2 versus Final Fantasy 7 thing. Perfect thing right here. It says, uh, the game is going to carry out standard attacks and movement for you while the player waits on the ATB gauge to fill up, at which point a menu of commands appears, allowing you to select special attacks, magic, or items. So you can move. If you want to see this in action, there is a link. So I actually didn't click on it and see it. I knew I'd heard about it and read a lot of articles, but I didn't watch anything on it yet. So that's pretty interesting. So it does look like you run around in real time. It attacks for you automatically. So it's Final Fantasy twelve. If you're doing part of it. Yeah, it's very similar to 12, the more I see of it. Uh, And this is just one of the modes. Yeah, right. right. Uh, This is not the full. And then when your ATB gauge fills, then it comes up and lets you do what you want to. Actually, I will probably play in that mode, to be honest. That's, that's kind of interesting. Kind of, I like that mode a lot. Yeah, I will probably not because I love one of the biggest things is that they confirmed the the battle designer from this is the guy who did the core battle uh, mechanics for Kingdom Hearts two. And I thought you were going to say Final Fantasy fifteen. Even though I really like Kingdom Hearts three's combat, I do think it's good. Uh, it, it was really fun. I do still think that Kingdom Hearts two had a way more in depth battle system that was a little bit more fun. Yeah. So if that ties in, like you know, the ability to do stuff with like you know the, what you could do with shield and well not shield but reflect rather was really cool. So if he's behind this, I'm I'm stoked, ready ready to see that. Uh, so there goes that. Go check out that new trailer if you're interested in it at all. Uh, and let's see. Moving on, I accidentally closed. Close the page. My bad. <laughs> Control Alt T. There we are. I'm pretty sure is what that combination is. Who knows? Either way, uh, next thing up on the list is after adding VR support for the game in its recent Beyond update, No Man's Sky has an incoming update that plans to quote significantly improve image quality in PSVR by reducing blurriness caused by the TAA jitter and fixed low quality terrain atmosphere jaggies. End quote. No date was given for the update, but they really keep talking about it like it's soon. So if that's something that, and it is something that, as much as I love the VR, there's a couple of things that are like, oh, this could be better. The fact that they're going to do it is great. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember. No Man's Sky looked kind of rough at launch, yeah, and it looks drastically it looked drastically better even a year out uh, when the Atlas update came, and they did a lot of graphical overhaul. I'm really curious to see what the game in VR is now. So yeah, by I, the way, it's Control Shift T, your oh, tech tip tool of the day. There you go, tech uh, tool tip of the day. Are we, we going to have the the Holy Trinity? 
Every episode we have a tech tool tip. Yeah. So because, you know, every now and then you close out tab, just hit control shift T. You're, you're does, back at it. It does happen. All right. Next thing up on the list is Neo two. Uh, it's received a slew of new information among many other things. And I mean, many other things. Uh, some key standouts are the enemy yokai or yukai. It looks like it's pronounced different. I remember it being the first game Y O, but whatever, uh, can drop soul cores upon defeat, granting the power to use their moves. In that addition is is, of the dark realm, uh, to the game, which is the home world of the yokai. And they can occasionally drag you into their own world. You have the ability to turn into a yokai yourself to help navigate this world. So you can well, be dragged like in the dark realm and you have a disadvantage as a normal samurai in that realm. But if you turn into a yokai, which you can apparently do outside of the realm as well, it helps you go through it quicker. And is that how it's spelled in that article? Because I'm pretty sure it's spelled wrong. I think so too, but it's I've saw multiple articles that did it because I was questioning it. Oh uh, yeah, it's definitely Y O K A I. I thought so. There With we the go. Accent above the O. Maybe it was going? an autocorrect thing. It looked odd, but yeah, Yokai. Uh, let's see. Next thing up about that too was that they've massively expanded the multiplayer option, allowing three players in a session. So it's leaning a little bit more towards the Dark Souls thing. Uh, the inclusion of both English and Japanese voice acting, which I know Liam and some others will love, uh, and much more. So go check it out if, if you like it at all. There's a lot of notes from people who attended the, uh, the event, which was a behind closed door event. Uh, Twinfinite was one of the ones I saw. So go check that out if you want to at their site. Uh, and let's see. Next up. <laughs> Never mind. It's just something coming up in the news. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, the fact that it's down there yeah, the with a split. That, yeah, the fact that Yokai is back here again, but spelled still correctly, but incorrectly. With a dash, yeah. yeah. All right, next up, uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot has received a release date. Uh, those are those who are waiting for the game can get their hands on the game come January 17th, 2020. There's an interview with the creators, by the way. I just put this on here because I think it's interesting. Uh, it's over on the PlayStation blog. It's one of the things that talks about the, the, addition, the announcement of the release date. But... It's an interview with the creators that goes into things that you can expect from the game, different things that kind of influence them about the game and what they want to do, how this being an action RPG allows it to play a lot differently than the other PvP-based fighting games they've always released within the series, uh, and how that's going to change up the way bosses work. Has, which, has there been a turn-based Dragon Ball Z game? Uh, yes, I'm pretty sure. That, I, it's something in my mind that's telling me there is, and I've played it. I just don't remember what it is. I don't know either, I, but I really think it's happened. Uh, but anyway, I think it's worth reading whether you're just excited for the game and want to read more about it, or if you're someone like me who's on the fence. It didn't quite pull me over, but there's some things they put in there that I do like the idea of a lot. Uh, I'm still a little worried the game's just going to be huge and empty for no real reason, uh, other than there's just a have it there. I hope it's good, though. Uh, one of the things I thought was pretty cool, and then I'll move on from it, they were talking about boss battles and how in all the other games, because they're PvP fighting games, you can't really have the boss start on a much more powerful foot because it just wouldn't work in the way that fighting game mechanics normally work out. But they said because this is an action RPG and that you're not playing against another player or something like that, you're just going to play against the CPU. They can have the CPU mimic the way that the story of a fight like that is normally told in the show where the boss or the, you know, whatever, the main antagonist of the of an arc that you can fight will have a power advantage over Goku. Yeah. And then, you know, the shows always give you that uh, that feeling of Goku Superman. slowly overcoming his, his, his adversary. And, and no matter what, and he'll win. Despite the fact that he shouldn't have been able to and it seemed like the game will be able to mimic that and that's good because you wouldn't want to feel like you're just blasting through bosses in the game it wouldn't be very fun um 
Next thing up, what Saul was talking about, for the first time ever, Yokai Watch, a long-running series that started on the 3DS, uh, is coming to PlayStation. Yokai Watch 4 was recently announced by developer Level 5 to be making its way to PS4 after its release earlier this year in Japan on the Switch. The game is also making its way to the West, which they announced a little earlier this year, but there's still no date known uh, as to when that's going to be. So if you're excited for that, there is a little trailer that shows gameplay of it and everything that you can go check out. All in Japanese, of course, but give you an idea if you've never played the series. Yeah, they're like a little bit more JRPG Pokemon games. They're really they're have actually, you played them? I never. Yeah, have. Annie got one whenever um, she was through her Animal Crossing. Uh, I thought I remembered her getting it. I just it we was never talked not about it. bad actually. It's some kind of there's some weird kind of gimmicky things in there, but other than that, it really like I want to say I played through potentially like a quarter to half the game. Maybe now, at least 10 hours. When it. you say more JRPG uh, than Pokemon. Just more like JR- JRPG tropes than okay. Pokemon. Like it, it's being, it's trying to be way too more cutesy. Of course, it's going off a cartoon that's a very popular. Which apparently they also started. This is all level five. It's a multi, they call it a multimedia series. It actually makes sense that they started the, ca- the cartoon then. That's what it seems like. It is was all created at the same still, time. Is he, are they still paired with Miyazaki? I don't, oh, Miyazaki, uh, no, no, not Miyazaki. I know what um, you meant, though. I, is it not Miyazaki for, um, oh, Lord, how am I forgetting their name? It's the, like Spirited Away and uh, uh, Studio Ghibli. Studio Ghibli, Ghibli whatever yeah. it is. I said Miyazaki. It, man, it, it's what I, when I pictured whatever I said that. I think it's Miyazaki because I thought, I've always found it ironic that two iconic creators for a lot of people are both Miyazaki. That's what threw me off because I said it and I thought I pictured Miyazaki's face from the Soul series. I'm like, that's, that's, not, that's right. not his name. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it is, um, but you can definitely look it up. Uh, I'm going to keep on rolling on for the time being, but uh, Persona 5 Royal, while we're talking about JRPGs, the enhanced release of the original that looks better and also adds more content is getting three different PS4 limited editions. That's the good news. Bad news? Only Japan. It is Miyazaki. Uh, yeah, I thought so. Uh, there are two PS4 Slim models. Uh, one black, one white. They have different characters on them from the series, and one PS4 Pro model that are really beautiful. I somebody who didn't even care for the game, or somebody who's not played the game, so I have no reason to care for it. These systems look great. Um, so he, here's the thing: if you think you want one, go check out the design, see if you like them. Uh, I have a feeling that I'm curious if Liam's going to do this, uh, but you can technically go and consider pre-ordering one. Uh, what's that site that I? I can't even believe I'm uh, play Asia play Asia where you can normally handle those things. Uh, you can go over and look at and see about importing one. If you want to incur that cost, um, it's, a, it's costy too, especially for home consoles. It is pricey. Uh, but it's you know. the, the, yeah, the, um, I'm trying to think of what it was for the Vita that, what was it? It was the, my was, blue, I got, that's the, what, that's I got my blue Vita from them. $60 shipping before it came. And I don't know if you ever knew, knew this GameStop ended up releasing the blue Vita in America. I could have just got a, well, but it happened later before we, uh, we did that contest. And before I had a Vita, I was looking at buying one again and yes. I want the blue one that you have. Mm-hmm. And I went to play Asia and I looked at it and I'm like, okay, okay. It was two twenty nine plus $60 shipping. Ooh. And I was like, this is $300 for a handout that I've had before. I'm not going to do that, which is why I was happy. I won the, uh, the Vita from Richard, which is now hacked. <laughs> <laughs> Sony's listening. Um, all right. I mean, I didn't hack it. Richard did. He sent it to me hacked. Yeah. <laughs> nudge, nudge. Wink, wink. Next thing up. I don't up, know anything about technology. Capcom's next Resident Evil game that we've talked about a few times on here called Project Resistance, at least right now, uh, was shown more and was shown to be an asymmetric multiplayer game. So kind of in the vein of like Dead by Daylight, Friday 13th, that upcoming uh, Aliens game by Fox, um, Aliens Predator or whatever it was going to be called. Um, 
for the exclusive PS4 game, uh, as well as announced plans for a closed beta that will take place between October 4th and October 7th. Uh, RE ambassadors are eligible to participate and registration will be open between September 11th and the 18th. So if you're listening to this and are interested, hurry up and sign up. That's only two days after this goes live uh, that you have to close that off. Uh, If you're curious about playing the game and you're one of the people that does this, I think it's Xbox inside members or whatever that's called. Um, that is the little Xbox service that they give to first place. You know, I can't remember what they call that for some reason now, but anyway, if you're part of that, you're also eligible to go ahead and play it without, I don't think you have to sign up or do anything. Look into it though. It just gives you another option if you own an Xbox and are part of that program. A uh, couple more things. Uh, the Star Ocean First Departure Remaster that was announced for current-gen consoles finally has a release date. In case you didn't know, uh, this game is a remaster of the PSP remake of the original Star Ocean game. Uh, so it will be available for players starting December 5th in Japan, though right now there's still no date known for the West. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to end up being in early 2020, but Square's been pretty good about getting things out day and date across the world. So They have, yeah still that it may hit um but we'll see uh, either way i'm actually excited for that uh really like star ocean series and the remake on psp i played on psp loved it great game i will gladly replay it i'm wondering if they're going to give the same treatment to um second oh lord what's it called it's the remake of the second game that was on psp as well um a second star ocean game yes and I there's can't. two of them I mean, Star Ocean 5, Integrity and Faithlessness, is a PS4 brand new game, so yes. No, I'm talking about there's two PSP Star Ocean games? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Star Ocean, it's called Second Evolution, I think. Because I thought 4 was the only PS... No, I thought 3 was a PSP game. Yes, Second Evolution is what it's called on PSP. But I don't think it ever came out here. I think it's one of those weird things. Because I was going to say, I thought... Three was a PSP title, four was a PS3 title, five was a PS4 Oh no, it definitely came out here. What in the yeah. world is going on? But I say because I played it, and but I did play a couple of games. Like I played Crisis Core in Japanese first, like half of yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> but I try not to do that because I actually want to play the stories and hear what they've got to say. Uh, anyway, next up and finishing off the news, uh, Motion Twin, the developer behind Dead Cells, our uh, indie game. I think it was what we both agreed on our indie game of the indie, year. Indie game of the year uh, yeah. last year, if I'm not mistaken. I, well, I, for me, it was it was a draw between that and Hollow Knight. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I didn't play Hollow Knight, but it would have definitely been. Oh contender yeah. uh, and ironically hollow knight is mentioned in this uh, but they have teased plans for two more years of content for the game uh, in an interview with only sp they manage the managing director for the company talked about how profitable the game was for the company and said i quote i would say at least two more years of content for the base game maybe we'll make dead cells 2 or a multiplayer version of the game maybe we'll make a dead cells version of hollow knight a proper metroidvania game we have a lot of stupid ideas we could do uh that's exciting. I that would, is. One of the things I've always talked about is I love Dead Cells playstyle. It's so smooth and quick and fun. If you could give that to me with an actual story in a world that I could in, that I could explore at large, download Blasphemous. Ooh man! Oh, I, 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 did you get it? On Switch, yeah. I'm about to. I bought it on Switch and then I started the download. I'm like, I'm just going to download this on Friday when I get my light in. Dude, it's, I'm so stoked to play it. I it want looks it. So good. Um, it's. I, I've seen a couple of reviews that were in the sevens territory, but honestly, that's enough for me. Yeah, it's, I've it's, been playing so many Metroidvanias lately, though. I'm a little worried I'm gonna pick it up and get burned out, but it's so different that it's okay. I think. You know, I thought of something a couple of years back, and it was six for a Metroidvania style game is still like an eight for a normal game <laughs> to me. Just, just because like, of the Metroidvania genre. Yeah, even even if it's like a bad Metroidvania game, Man, it's still a really good game. Normally, that genre has had a hell of a resurgence, dude. Oh, of course, yeah, dude. Like, it's like, uh, and you know, you know, a game I think started it all, Shovel Knight. 
Maybe. When I mean, think back, Shovel Knight was definitely one of those first really big indie games in I, general. I really think that Shovel Knight had a big play in the future that now that is now the present of these indie a lot of them. games. Well, I'm going to say something a little more weird. I think part of it is also due to the eventual rising huge success of the Dark Souls franchise. Because like we've always said, Dark Souls is at its core kind of a 3D Metroidvania game. Somebody on the Dark Souls 3 subreddit once tried to tell somebody else that Salt and Sanctuary came up before Dark Souls even existed. Good and lord. I, I just laughed. Not even close. But that is my point, is that we saw Dark Souls more immediately influence a, a 2D version of what it's trying to do. I wouldn't but say immediately. I even go, well, I'm, I, don't, I don't mean immediately, but what I mean is with the success of Dark Souls and the people who love it in the fandom, of course we see them break down to a 2D version of essentially trying to do the same thing. It wasn't... It, it technically is a Metroidvania, but it right. was more trying to be a Dark Souls game. Then we get, you know, uh, Hollow Knight, which is, of <laughs> course, amazing. We've got things like uh, Ori in the Blind Forest, which is also a great game. Uh, you keep kind of moving through this list of games. Yeah, there's there's at least 10. Then that you I get can to, to Death's Gambit that we, li- that yeah, we like Death's a lot. Death's Gambit, which Dead Cells, Hollow Knight, Ori. Mixes between the same idea. Shovel of, Knight. Do you notice that a lot of these games do have Dark Souls things inspired in them? And you see the same thing. Uh, and what I mean by a lot of that is, and these things have always existed to an extent. Like, you know, we talk about bonfires and Dark Souls. Bonfires are essentially just the just same. Checkpoints. They're the same thing as the save rooms in, like, Symphony of the Night. Or you know? just a sonic checkpoint. But they're there, and they're not. It's a, it's an evolution of it, right? It's not an. It's, you don't go into a room like you do in Symphony of the Night, or even more recently in Bloodstain, where it's a completely safe save zone, where you go into it, and it's the only tile set for that area that you're in. But still. We see that go through, but we also see the idea of you losing uh, upgrade points when you die. You know, we saw that in Hollow Knight. Uh-huh. We saw that in Death Gambit. Dead we, Cells. You know, we see you it. Pretty much well, Dead Cells is... Restarted the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But my point being is that I would not be surprised if they made a, a Dead Cells proper Metroidvania game and they left it the, when you die, you lose some upgrade stuff. Because that's something that has ended up pervading the majority of the Metroidvania genre moving forward as we've seen it outside of a game like Bloodstained, which was trying really hard and succeeded in a lot of ways to be way more akin to a modern take on something like Symphony of the Night. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I get it, but I love it. I would love to see this go down. Love Dead Cells. Hopefully that's how this manifests. But it's also, I would not, I would not be opposed to a multiplayer version of Dead Cells. If you give me that content. Oh, yeah. If you give, give me a it, co-op Dead Cells. Can you imagine, like, think of another game uh, that is oddly fun. I wouldn't want it to be the same thing as this, but you know how like, Nidhogg is really fun? Did you ever play it? I never played Nidhogg. Okay, Nidhogg is the idea of just two, you, have, you move through tile sets and the person who can first get to the end of the other one and knock the person off the stage or whatever, you'll win. Uh, but you can also just kill each other, and that determines it too. Is Nidhogg uh, a really old game? No, it's new. Uh, and there's Nidhogg 2 just recently came out. It's a, it's essentially a competitive game that you play with somebody else, and you two people each have a little character, and you're trying to push each other back through stages. So you start in the center, and then there's three stages to the left and three stages it? to the N-I-D-D-H-O-G-G? right. N-I-D-D-H-O-G-G? Uh, N-I-D-H-O-G-G. If I'm not mistaken, um, and that'll kind of give you looking it up. It's the best way I can describe. That it. That is apparently a real like a cursed dragon or something. There you go. It's I terrifying. Oh, I think it's because in the game you can you if you knock the person off the stage, the, a dragon thing comes and eats them. Ironically, I, well, it's crazy as I've seen that art before, like the uh, the promo art or key key art, as you told me about. Yep. Um, maybe when I was browsing the Switch or the PS4's uh, store. I never knew that's what that was because well, those games sound fun. Real simple. It's just you and somebody else. Like I said, you're in a center. You're in the, you're kind of like um, where you're in a block, right? And then when you push to the edge of that yeah, block and like- you go to the left, it moves you into a new area. 
in real time, kind of like old Zelda games. It just slides yeah. over, and you have three of those. And if you get to the end of that last one before you can push back and start getting them towards center, the goal is for you to push them all the way to the other side, and that's how you're going to win in the long run. Uh, but you can die a lot of times doing that as well. Uh, it's a real weird game, but if they gave me something like that or maybe even something like Towerfall Ascension-style multiplayer but with Dead Cells Combat, it'd be really fun, I think. So gotcha. great ideas across the board. I would play it. Yep. Uh, but that concludes the news. Um, so that, until I got a pretty much very short topic. Of, well, um, I, we'll see. It doesn't matter. I mean, you know, kind of what ends up being this is that when we're having a weird time, I just thought it'd be kind of fun and uh, oddly meta to say that, you know, we're having problems coming up with a topic. And the solution to that is to make a topic about the fact that it's slowed down a lot to where it's harder to be just because PlayStation's in a way different part. In the way that they're acting right now, they're being way more quiet and way less aggressive than they were at the same point in the PS3's life cycle. And what I mean by the same point is not from a year standpoint, but when the PS4 was a year out from being you know, released, PlayStation was still hitting heavy with E3. Yeah, with, Last uh, of Us. Yeah, you know, they, they, they like released the, two the, great big games in the final year. They released Last of Us, uh, of course. And what I mean by that is two high-value first parties, whether they ended up being great or not. It was The Last of Us and Beyond Two Souls. Oh, yeah. Both came out prior to the systems One uh, game, before PS4 coming out. Was good. But my point being, that was way different than what we're seeing now. Now, I think game-wise, we're fine, but they're not hitting the media and stuff the way they normally were, and they're not taking as many weird risks. You know, we got things like PS Plus slowly evolving on the PS3. They were constantly talking about expanding it to the Vita. It just seemed like there was a lot more going on in the PlayStation camp than seeing right now. Yeah. And that could be partially because of the fact that they don't have a handheld like they did with the Vita. So whenever the PlayStation 3 was a little slow and they didn't have as much to talk about, they had the Vita, which was still in its early days that they could kind of talk about and show a lot. So it just seemed like there was more PlayStation uh, surrounding you in the news than what seems to be going on right now. You can surround yourself with PlayStation in the news, but a lot of it's third-party releases and stuff. And it's just it's different. You know, PlayStation's in a way different area, partially because they're, they're meteorically above the competition. Um, yeah. Got my name in there. Yep. Uh, but also, I think it's just because they've been trying so hard. Do you remember early this gen when almost every PlayStation exclusive that got a date did not hit the first date and they had to it delay delays. it? Yeah, every, every, almost every time. Yeah. Bloodborne, Uncharted 4. The Order, or, I'm pretty uh, sure, got pushed back. Oh, it did. Um, I, think, I think that was... Ratchet and Clank didn't, thankfully. Did it not? I no. thought it was a couple weeks. No, that game was done way because it was always scheduled to release right with around the movie. the movie. Yeah. And they were done with the game well before. And they just and they actually talked about they well, got a lot the of time movie to movie delayed? No. Okay. I thought I remember hearing a delay in that in that Maybe it was. But I don't know. The the technically the, the game never got given a date. That's all I'll say. Yeah. And then they ended up when they dated it didn't get re- uh, pushed. But where I'm going with that is PlayStation's answer to that after so many years of getting hit with that. Oh no, that, dude, it was definitely delayed. Okay. Yeah, like I was like, I know that that game was delayed. Like I remember hearing it. I was, I remember thinking it must have been delayed because of the movie. Because that's they, what I'm thinking of. Because they definitely said that they had the game had so much time after being completed for them to just go through and clean up bugs, uh, and that's part of why that game was like essentially bug free at launch. It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. It was there was not even like small things like visual glitches. It, that game was pretty ironclad tight um and the blog post didn't even specify exactly what it was eh, oh well maybe i'm just misremembering that wrong if you know the answer let me know um but more importantly playstation's solution to that problem was to be way more quiet on games 
give information only when it felt like it was a good bit of information. There's an opposite end to this, though. There right? is an opposite end that came down to. But then the last part of that was do not talk about game releases. Do not put a date on anything until... Do you notice that a lot of games that have come out in the last few years from PlayStation, it was given a date about three to five months before it was set to come out. Instead of what was happening early generation is they'd give a date to Uncharted 4 a year before it was supposed to come out. And then they'd get six months in and go, we can't hit oh, this. the game is supposed to be out in six or five months and we're not going to be able to hit right, it. Right, halfway going to gold. Yeah. yeah, so it's like they're waiting until they can look at the team and go, you are to the point where within three months, every problem that you could have would be ironed out and we can release, right? Or three to five months. They're getting way closer to the call before they give a date, uh, which I appreciate because you don't have to deal with that sense of, of oh, man, it got delayed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's always that flip side of the delay argument of, well, I'm glad it got delayed because it means that they cared and wanted the game to come out in good shape. Uh, yeah. But still, it's, you know, their solution was to be silent as much as possible. And I wonder if that's part of why we get into this situation right here where we're late PlayStation, but they're not wanting to be E3 because they don't want to show, they don't even want to have the chance of showing bad. Well, they don't want to, you know, they're not hitting a lot of stuff. I know what it is. It's because, and then they know what it is too, that they, they have faced backlash and lots of backlash for the same six games we've been hearing about for five years now, four years, three years, depending on the title, but it's been, a, a, what was Let's think here. Days Gone was originally announced in 2016. So that's three years for Days Gone. God of War was originally announced in 2015 at E3. Uh, No, God of War was the same year as uh, Days Gone. Was it it the same E3? Yeah, same E3. Wow. Okay. I don't know why I was thinking it was older. And it was E3 2016. Detroit was technically a tech demo, but that doesn't really count. No, Well, yeah, Detroit was announced at, I want to say... PSX 2015. um, It wasn't PSX. It was Paris Games Week. um, I'm pretty sure that was 2015. 2016, I want to say, but it might have been 15. Uh, 2017. What? No. Maybe. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Announcement trailer. The game came out last year. 2015. Yeah. Okay. So it's Paris I know. I know. We've been hearing a lot about this game, but they also announced it and then didn't talk about it for a long time. That's, that's which a is problem. fine. No, that's a problem. Really? I'd for well, five I mean, years is a problem. Don't get me wrong. I definitely would have Three preferred years? them not to do that. Three years is my max when they do stuff like that. But I would also rather them. Well, I mean, deep it, down, it's a good thing, right well, there. It wasn't five years. I mean, this came out last year. That was from the from announcement to Four release years. was three years. Five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So three years, and not even quite three years because it was announced so th- in October of fifteen. So that's released fine. in like February. But, what, but to rebuttal your point of saying that is that where's deep dive at or deep or down? deep down? Yeah. That's, no. like, don't show me something that you don't have plans to release in the next half decade. Which I got to give them credit, right? This isn't PlayStation; it's Capcom. No, I know, but I'm just saying that in that same entity of conversation. Yeah, sure. Um, that's definitely a problem. But yeah, like what they what they've done for PlayStation early this gen into now, literally into now, they have shown games off. They focused on maybe these, I would say, six big hitters. You have Detroit, God of War, Horizon, Uncharted Four, Spider Man, and. Um, I did say Horizon, didn't I? Yeah. I threw myself off with Which I actually don't think Horizon fits into that list. Horizon's one of the few games that I don't feel like they abused showing off. Uh, The the only way you could see that it got too much media coverage to me would be from the fact... Days Gone. But you said Days Gone already. No, I didn't. Days Gone, Horizon, God of War, Detroit, Spider-Man, Horizon. You said Days Gone already in your previous list. But it doesn't matter. I wasn't counting them out, though. Hold on. Let me make sure I'm not double counting. Horizon, 
Days Gone, Spider-Man, Detroit, God of War. See, I keep forgetting it. What did I just say? I feel like I'm listing out six. I'm going well, nuts. look, there's been a couple of them, right? They've, they've leaned on The Last of Us 2. They've leaned on Death Stranding. They've leaned on a ton of games that we're not even mentioning just yet. Uh, but, Uncharted 4. That was the one I forgot. Yeah, Uncharted 4 was shown a lot, too. So, like, that's, But that's my point, is that like these six games we've gotten for this generation... One of which, or technically you can say 70 if you say Last of Us. I don't count that one, though, because that was only revealed last... Oh, no, it's been two years now. That was, that was, and we still don't on. know the release date. And that, Ghost was P- of that was PSX 2016 that it was announced. So December of 2016, me and Blaze are there. See, this is the issue. This is the issue that I'm having, and this is why I think, I think that they know that they, they, they pull their cards way too early. And you know what else they've not been using, and this is why I brought up Last of Us earlier. Where the hell are state of plays? Why have we gotten nothing since May? Do you feel like it's the same reason what you're talking about right there is that they've gotten backlash? There were people... The community, well, the last one was VR, wasn't it? Or that was it, the it first was, one. It was VR heavy. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Yeah, it was mainly... That, the backlash was VR. But fair. What I'm saying. But, but they got backlash in general. People saying that they didn't like the format. People saying that it, was, it felt pointless. Well, rather see them at E3, which, I, of course, you're never going to win, right? To be fair, like what I think happened there is that... Ever, Everybody who likes Nintendo Directs, they know that Nintendo Directs do well and like, just do the nature of them. And then they saw that this might have been a little of a copycat move style thing because it's pre-recorded press conference that's about 45 minutes long. You're releasing a lot of indie. You're announcing stuff you wouldn't typically announce on a big stage. And I think that the two that they had so far fell flat when the two that they had should have been filled with the, the busters. So this is one thing that we're going to get into a slightly different thing on. I agree that that might be the reason why. I don't. I one of the weird things of how we've seen Sony evolve this generation, and it ties into a lot of why I, I don't understand where they're at. Is that earlier this generation, not only for Vita but for PS4, uh, the first half of the PS4's life cycle, they talked about indies and they talked about indies a lot in Which a good is way. Crazy because they haven't said a damn word about indies. They, then at they all. went silent on them. Yeah, and it was weird because I don't know if you remember, but used to during E3 and uh, PS uh, PSX and stuff, they would just go through and then have Adam Boys come up and he yeah. would talk about indies that were coming uh so would of course uh, he's when he's not with the company anymore is no he? he left he's uh he's part of iron galaxy i can never remember that uh, but you know, it was him, and it's like um, Geo Corsi yeah. would come up. They would be the people that would kind of like. Well, Geo was like, I- "I'm going to champion the P- the Vita and the P- the indie games coming to it." Adam would come in and say, "Like these are the games we're able to pull in. Sometimes they're indies, sometimes they're they're third party games that we couldn't get on certain things or whatever right. that you wanted." But they definitely gave way more heat and like they they would give way more time to indies than they than, and now they've stopped, despite it still seeming like a big part of their thing. And I think what's ironic about it is they got to this point, and I I did enjoy it. I think that their first three, the first few E threes that they had in this generation, um, were a good mix of being pretty well paced while still giving a really great uh, swath of what you're going to get. It's like, well, you're going to get a couple big games shown. We're going to show you a couple of like niche games. We're going to show you some indie games. Here we are. We're at a good spot. And that I, was kind of, it felt good to me, yeah. but it could have been tightened up a little bit. But then what they did is they found a huge success in 2016 when they had that thing of, hey, we're not going to come out and talk very much. We're going to have somebody come, introduce the show, leave. Break trailer, up the set trailer, three or four trailer, times. trailer. No, that wasn't. You're talking about. I think you're talking about last year's. Uh, I'm talking about Technically, specifically yeah. or, well, E3 2016. The God of War, Days Gone, Spider Man, right? 2018. 
18. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, was the last one. one they did. Yeah. Uh, but not you know, technically last year. The 16 one was a rousing success for them. It was the God of War one. Oh, yeah. And that was literally them coming out. Well, they were like, at least 10 minutes of Horizon footage in that one, too. Ending off with Days Gone demo that was 15 minutes long or t- 10 minutes long. Yeah. It, it was the longest part of it. The Days yeah. Gone final thing. And it felt weird because it felt like it wasn't supposed to be there. And then they, well, they no, lost it was, the spot. It was almost like an off like off stage kind of thing, right? Like it almost felt like they ended, but then he just kept playing. And it was kind of just like, if you want to stick around, watch this. Probably. I don't know. But either way, what all I mean by that is that they saw a huge success with don't talk a lot, only show games. And the games we're going to show are all going to be rel- rel- relatively big. You know, that was, I yeah. remember that E3 pretty well. You know, they talked about final fantasy and that was, um, well, that was 15. I'm sorry. Final fantasy, final fantasy 15. 15. Yeah. Uh, which is another big well, one. Well, Final Fantasy Seven was in 15 was when they announced it. Because that was a good E3 for them as well. That was Shinmu 3, The was, Last Guardian, and Final Fantasy Seven Remake all announced that in the same year. That was not 15. Yeah, that was 2015. Oh, The Last Guardian. Never mind. I got confused with Shadow yeah. Colossus. Uh, um, yeah, and Fallout 4. For yeah, but then we had Bethesda. 16 come and do its thing. And we had things like Shadow, if I'm not mistaken. That was the first one we... we sh- 17 no, was Shadow 17 Colossus. was the first and one now we're streamed. Just going on and rambling about this. Hey, but people like rambling. This is a podcast. We talk. My point, to get to it... Um, is that they saw great success with streamlining it, cutting out the indies and everything, and just having big games, trailer, 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 trailer. problem with that is when you don't break trailers up with some talking, it gets to a point where to still hit a normal length for an E3, or a relatively normal length, um, you get to the point where you're showing too much gameplay, and you're gonna, and it, it's great the first year. Cause you're like, wow, I get to see all these cool things. But then the moment that you, the moment you got to go like, well, Days Gone's not out, so we should probably touch on it. Well, now... We saw it two times in 16. We saw it once in 17. Now it's like, ooh, what do we do with it? Do we really show that again? Maybe we shouldn't. Well, we're just going to show a trailer, but not anything more. Yeah. And you can start getting to the point where, yeah, you're oversaturating. It's, it's almost like redundancy on top of... Man, I don't know. It's redundant, but there's so much more there. Because it's like you see it every year, but then it's almost mysterious in a way because you don't know when you're going to play it. It's yeah, like it's, that's You true. get frustrated because you see it, but not only because you see it, you're just like, when am I going to play this? And then the teaser stops, and you're just like, there's no date. I'm mad now because I don't know when I'm going to play it. That's fair. Yeah. But I guess you know what I was getting at with the indie thing is that you can tie the indies into that. They could have tied their indies into that that formula instead of going with trailer, 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 is they could have had somebody come out on stage and give the indies love. I think it would have been good for the community the people still would have liked that it's a great thing to show that you care about smaller games a lot of people like indie games and a lot of people use them to fill the gaps between the big games they're going to use and, and they're going to play for the year that's fantastic so they that's, should have done that yeah. yeah and I feel like that goes into this conversation and we're talking about how much has Sony changed throughout this gen it's been slow and kind of subtle but it gets to the point where it's like when you look at where Sony is literally right now and who they were at the very beginning of the generation even though it took a long time and subtlety they're in very different places something yeah you know why off the top of your head, name one la- well, name one indie we saw at the last Sony E3. There wasn't one. That's what I'm saying. There hasn't been one really in earnest since 2016. Yeah. Man, and that's crazy because, you know, and like what we were saying a second ago was that they were such advocators for indie games, yep. and they dropped off, which is crazy because in a time like now, they could have had Hollow Knight. Indies are popping. They could have had yeah. Dead Cells. They could have had Death Gambit. They could have had multiple of these things for a state of play, but they didn't. Blasphemous. And now it's like we don't even know what the next state of play is going to have. And, and it's, you know, we're getting into, if we're here, it's going to be another one. But we're also getting into next month is October. Yeah. What is normally unveiled towards the end of September to October 
PSX plans. Oh yeah, well no, that's that's normally in, the latest it's ever been has been August. So uh, they've, that they've talked about it. We're way past the ship. PSX well, isn't happening. Yeah, and it, I, I'm 99 percent sure, and it's bumming me out. What's weird is that, and I, and I said this before, never did I think one year ago that I would not be looking forward too much on the PlayStation Four by the end of this year, or even by the end of next year. I don't even know if we're getting Last of Us next year or not. I've known about this game's existence yeah. for three years now. And we still don't know when it's coming out. We get to hopefully Ghost find that out Tsushima soon. Ghost of Tsushima is the same. I don't even know if that is a PS4 title or not. That I, I firmly believe that's a PS5 title. Who knows? But that's the I thing. have a question based around that, though. You said you know a year ago you wouldn't have thought that you'd be feeling like there's nothing coming out. Do you think that's actually because of the games that are coming? Or do you feel like it's because of a lack of... I'm trying to think of a way to say this. Do you think it's a lack of media presence on the litany of games that are coming? Do you I, feel like it's that you don't know about the games that you might actually like well, because no. Sony's not spotlighting them? It could be. It, it could be. And I am talking about exclusives in this point in time because there are plenty of games I'm looking forward to, just not on the PS4. Well, like, yeah, well and that's what I mean, though. It's like, do you feel like some of these are... It, do you feel like it only comes into the fact of, like, you're at such a spot with your Switch right now that if a game is announced for both that you're just going to get it for the Switch? Or is it that... No, because it depends on the game. Okay. Like, uh, you know, like I'm getting blasphemous for the Switch because that, that style of game lends very well to a handheld mode. I can sit there and, Fair enough. and I know you said you would get it if it didn't have a platinum. Yeah. So, on the Switch, I mean. Yeah. Um, my thing is, is that... Well, I say that. My, my, my specific words in the Discord about the Switch, because, you know, uh, Sean was saying, get it on Switch. And I was like, man, I just don't think... Oh, I, that's right. You're I, just going to leave it for exclusives. Because... I like trophies yeah. so much. Honestly, even if there's not a platinum, I still would like to get the trophies. Yeah. It's something fun to do, but the platinum is definitely a huge... I have a higher chance of getting a game if it doesn't have a platinum on the Switch than if it has a platinum, and I even think that there's a chance I'd like it enough to platinum it, go I'm for sure going to buy it on Yeah, and that's PS4. understandable. That makes sense. Yeah. But my thing is is that you know, if you told me last year that you know by the end of this year, starting in May, I would have three games for PS4 that I'm looking forward to, two of which... I know I'm getting one of which I don't even know, which is called Vane. Yeah. I wouldn't have believed you. And especially a year before that, here was my thought process. And I, and I actually look back to this and out of curiosity, I went through and when I get bored, I just kind of go back to the older episodes of us and I just listen through them because I'm kind of curious about how we felt about certain situations. And, and I kind of reflect on how we feel now. What's, That's definitely interesting. I don't do that at all. What's curious <laughs> is not, neither one of us would have predicted that we would have been in this stale state. And I don't mean stale as in uh, just a direct insult or anything like that. It's just, it is what it is. It is a very stale-ish state. Because you don't know why? I thought for sure we would know what's coming after Detroit. And after Days Gone. And after Spider-Man. And after all well, this. Yeah. But we have I'll, no I idea. will agree with you on that. I, I felt like there'd be new exclusives announced for me I to know. have been excited, like if even a year ago, I'd have been like, "There's, there's still a couple games up their sleeves, like even two games, two games that I've never heard about that and they're going to come out." No idea about and two not of done their that biggest hits coming out, let alone anything else in the future for them. Yeah, that's really off-putting for me as someone who knows that the PS5 is coming within the next year to possibly two. Well, no, they've already said the P. I mean, their their goal for the PS5 is end of 2020. I know, but I'm just saying, like, that, just, that's a year, just, just in case. It's right. crazy to think yeah, of, no, but just, that's a year, and you don't know what games are coming out for it yet. 
Well, no, that's not that's not weird. You don't normally hear you don't normally hear about launch titles until somewhere in the vicinity of six to eight months before console launch. That's the way it was for PS4, and I actually think that's safe. You don't it you, you want because think about it this way: a lot of the times, launch titles are made on much smaller uh, time frames than a normal game because they have a time crunch of needing to be out. Because you have the idea with launch titles is always. You have to launch with something to play. Yeah, every of console or your system that, is dead away right? unless you have and you can't rely on the third party one hundred percent. You do have backwards compatibility. Sure. So the hardcore fans, even if there's not a lot, if it has a weak lineup like the PS4 launch did, where it's just kind of pretty much knack and yeah. then. But it was still uh, something, right? Yeah, it's, it, it's something. There's Killzone, that one game that comes from somebody that that, that is not cross gen that they can look at and say, "Hey." Regardless of how the quality of this game ends up being, it's still something that only would have been possible on next gen with what we're doing. And you get Pretty that much, feeling yeah. of like, uh, Killzone, there's no way Shadowfall would have looked like that on PS3. What's crazy is that I do not know what that jump is going to be other than an SSD load time. And I mean, that I mean, was technically originally leaked and then revealed. So like, I'm curious as to when we're going to hear more because that's what I want to shake up the current staleness i want to hear about more at least another exclusive that's coming to us relatively soon and by that i mean less than two years away and i want to know like even if it's it could be a ps5 game like ghost it could very well be a ps5 game we just don't know what we're seeing yeah it could be a teaser and you'd be like oh that game looks cool but i don't know if that's coming out now or for ps5 but there's nothing there there's nothing it, they just feel like they're more quiet than than they were before. That, I guess that's the way I feel that, like at the end of the PS3 generation. Well, that's that's what I meant by their direct results of being backlash from showing you know their six to seven eight big hitters all for so long, and then we finally got them all within like three years of each other. Yeah, and see the weird part of that is that we're in that situation where I, I, I'll say this: I mean, it's not that the competition Xbox or even really Nintendo are just announcing a lot of new exclusives necessarily. Yeah, definitely not in the new IP realm. You know, we can look at PlayStation and say they've done a fantastic job this generation of their exclusives being almost entirely the new, new IPs, IPs, yeah, which is and published by Sony. Yeah, so when you look at that, that's a great thing. We've seen Microsoft do a lot better at new IP later. I'll even give them that early gen; they still had some, yeah. but of course they had their immediate fallback. And now so it's they're kind of going up. They're kind of going, but they're yeah, working X, up a hill. Which Xbox is, good. is going towards a really interesting position of. New IP and acquiring studios that seem most likely to make new, new IP. IPs. Yeah. So when you look at those two things together, it's like Sony was doing so well for so long. On the, do you remember early generation? Um, it was kind of like both systems launched with a pretty weak uh, launch lineup, and Xbox actually had the edge. They had a couple of more exclusives, and then the first year or so when Sony was stumbling due to delays. Um, Microsoft kind of got even more caught up with, uh, hey, here, here we are. There's a, you know, these exclusives we said were going to come out, be it third party or first party, or at, are out. Then you get to that point where uh, PlayStation started overcoming the things, and then you got the great years of, hey, here's Bloodborne. Here's Uncharted 4. Here's The Order, whether you like it or not, it's still exclusive. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, here's, uh, here's Ratchet and Clank. They started hitting this great stride of having a great exclusive launch every three months, it, it felt like. And now we're hitting that point of, they did so well, and that's how they won a lot of people over, was a great exclusive thing. And then immediately what you see people say, Xbox is lacking in exclusive, in, in, in um, frequency of great exclusive releases in comparison to PlayStation. Yeah. And Microsoft even acknowledged that. They said, you know, we realize that our weakness right now is in the first party domain, or at least in the exclusive domain. So it's weird that we saw PlayStation do such a great job at that just to have at the end of the generation, no real roadmap of what the exclusives look like. You know, days gone is the last exclusive that released for the console. That was a big exclusive for them. Yeah. Big hit. Right? Or I say a big, like a big, 
How much, big launch. Yeah, how much time is there between Days Gone, which came out in April, and Death Stranding, which comes out in November? That's a big gap. There is a big gap. And see, the, and I, and I how, do, before before Days Gone, what was the what was the last major exclusive? Detroit, right? Spider Man, uh, right? Didn't Detroit become? Oh, they were similar, weren't they? No, Detroit was in April of last year. Was it? Pretty sure. Why do I remember being cold outside? I don't. Know. Was it cold in April here? Nah, maybe. It's hot in September right now, so. Yeah, normally it's not cold possible, down at least by now. But uh, I'm, I'm fairly positive that the last uh, PS, the last big AAA exclusive from the PlayStation 4 last year came in the form of Spider-Man. Maybe it did, yeah. I just, Which was September. Reason, that was a September release. It was a September. See, I thought, was Detroit not November? No, I'm telling you, Detroit was in uh, April or May. Man, my days. I remember my day. My um, timeline is so mixed up for some reason. May 25th. Why are we being cold outside? That's see, like one of the hottest. Because that goes of the year into here. my thought of that game, which was very well, it sold very well and rated very well. Came shortly after God of War, which sold very well and was reviewed very well. It's like we saw a great. Maybe that's what I remember is because God of War came out in February and it was cold. Uh, God of War came out in March, May, April, April, April. It was cold. <laughs> I, mean, I remember being cold. Maybe. It was April 20th. Or chilly. Um, that would not have been cold Are you here. sure you're not thinking about the ice in the God of War game? <laughs> maybe I am. Maybe that Maybe that game was so comfy it enveloped me in a warm blanket. <laughs> what, I'm just like, this is nice. What, what a feature, huh? Oh, yeah. It was warm outside. That was the day that, that lady put the sticker on my car because she was mad. <laughs> Temperature augmentation. Would that, you know, would that be a thing that you'd want from games? I would. I would just go to the coldest place ever and just sit there with a blanket it's, on me. It's a, it's a seat that has... Uh, coolers and warmers that go through? No, no, you put receptors on your brain at that point. You got to feel it through your toes. I don't know how that works, man. But, I don't know if that would work right. Uh, but, you know, I, I guess coming into this, it's just odd to me that we saw PlayStation doing a great job at being vocal, being out in the community, talking a bunch, really keeping everybody up to date, going to every event, be it Gamescom, be it you know uh, TGS, PSX. TGS, PSX, whenever it got started, uh, even though that didn't start until the PS4 launched. But, Late PS3 gen, they were not showing signs of slowing down. And then we heard about the PS4, got great game releases after the announcement of the PS4. Then the PS4 comes out, and it just keeps kind of growing. Uh, it, it was awesome, and I don't feel like we're getting that same treatment. Now, that may be so that they can make sure they hit the ground running with PS5 and don't stumble. I wouldn't say that the PS4 stumbled at launch, but a lot of people said the one weak spot of PS4 at launch was the exclusives. Yeah. So it really might just be Sony going, we're not doing that again. We're going to announce the PS5 earlier than we would have. We're going to, we're going to release it later in between the, the, you know, the, the, the wait between first talk of it and release of the system is going to be a little bit longer, but we're going to have that much longer to say that people are developing games for PS5. And when the PS5 comes out, we're going to have all these features that we didn't that we that were like we could have put them in PS4, but we've got to make sure this next gen hits. All of that could be going down. It, it could be making sure that they have five compelling exclusives day one on the PS5. Who knows? It just gets to. And the reason I say that is like you know, I, I bring it back just a little bit. We've heard a lot of different ramblings, right? We've heard Colin say from a source, Colin Moriarty uh, say from a source that. We haven't seen the last of Ratchet and Clank on PS4, but when the hell is that coming? Yeah, when is that coming? Because we have literally one year until the, and, the and, proposed and, console release date window. And why? And if it's coming to PS4, is it because it's cross-gen? And why haven't we heard about it? And why, if it's only on PS4 and not a PS5 game, why haven't we heard about it? Yeah, right. Where are the set of plays at? That you know, we've had we had one in May. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, we've had two this year. That's it. Yeah, but what was the one before that? Was it March? I don't remember. I think so. Maybe. So, so a bi-monthly event that we haven't had since may 
It, it so technically, we're um, have one July. We should have one this month. Yeah, some probably somewhere two. around. There. We should have two since um, last one. Yeah, but you just know, going off of the record of what they're currently doing, and we haven't yeah. had any. But you know, um, damn, I was going to say something. I'm, I'm trying to remember. Um, you, you killed my flow. Do you it's think okay. that Sony dropped the ball? Not dropped the ball. That's being too mean. I don't think they dropped the ball. Oh, I know what it was. Okay, so another rumor that was going around, and this is why I say like. It's always felt to me, and then these rumors made it like, oh, yeah, that, those are the games. I, earlier in the thing, you notice how I said that it feels like that Sony just has two games that feel like there's two more big exclusives that should have come before the PS5? And who's to say that they're not here, that they're not what going to they? come? I don't know, right? But in my mind, I was like, there's going to be two more games, be it sequels to games that were already did well or new IP or whatever. It's just they're going to be two more exclusives. From you know, but from before the PS5 closes out, that we didn't know about anything about, and that's what you know we're talking about a year ago. A year ago, that's what I was thinking. We're going to have two more exclusives that are going to be announced sometime between this year and the next year, where we're going to know about them. Uh, and you know, they said they were skipping E3. I was like, that's fine. They're, they'll do it at another event, but they haven't been to other events. Yeah. But where it gets to in this. You have the Ratchet and Clank apparently not being done. And I, I thought that. I was like, oh, yeah, it's been a while since we've seen Ratchet. It was a rousing success. It makes sense that Insomniac has multiple teams. They release Spider-Man. They can still have a team working on uh, Ratchet and Clank. Bam, we get a Ratchet and Clank game before the thing comes out. And I'm not saying I don't still believe that. But then the other thing is you kept, we kept hearing people say that Blue Point is a, a big thing that people talk about. So what are they that, working on? And it's really heavily implied that the Blue Point game is a PS4 exclusive. And then you get to that. And then somebody even keeps saying there's. Well, it's Metal Gear Solid. There's no, one PS- Well, even if it's not Blue Point, there's been a rumor going on for a long time that there's a big PS4 exclusive, one final PS4 big game that we don't know anything about. And it's like, what are those games? What is and it? And that's the problem. Is when are I, we getting it? Those yeah. are the two rumored areas. The, the, the rumors tie into exactly what I was wanting, which is why haven't we heard about these two games? Well, that's It feels like we're two games away from the capping off a great generation. Yeah, and that's what's frustrating about it. And that's what I want you guys to ask uh, or to answer is that communities take question. It's going to be my question this time around. Go ahead. Do you think that currently in gaming for PS4 exclusive and first-party exclusives to be on topic like we are, do you think that we are hit at all-time slow for this generation? And did you think you would ever have to go through something like this? Did you think that we would have a very slow end to this generation? Or did you think that there would at least be supplemental first-party and exclusive titles that had been littered throughout? So you are a master of paraphrasing. Paraphrase that. Just go ahead. That way it's easier to tweet. Do you think, or did you think we would have more exclusives by the end of the gen? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Do you feel like PlayStation isn't as strong as a spot as you wished in the exclusive lineup and communicating with people uh, at the end of this generation? Just as long as what I said. <laughs> um, yeah. Either way, uh, one last thing I'm just more curious about, and I think you can answer it quickly. Uh-huh. Um, do you think that there is in any way, shape, or form some of why it feels weirdly slow to us comes a little bit because of an augmented sense of the rate of news and stuff coming out because of the mid-gen refreshes? No, I think it's because of the mid-gen refreshes. Um, And I only say that because it's like, you know, we got halfway through a gen, and normally when you're halfway through a gen, you don't get better hardware that changes things up and changes your expectations. Technically, we did last year. I mean, last gen. Yeah, where? where? I mean, technically, didn't the Xbox... 360 S model, whatever it was, didn't have a better specs. Like, wasn't the CPU just a little bit better? Like yeah. the Xbox S was. I don't to think the Xbox so. But I, I could be wrong. I don't think so. But it wasn't. It wasn't an actual leap that they sit there and marketed on the that's, fact yeah, of, that's hey, true. games are going to be specifically made for uh, to utilize the power of the Pro and the Xbox One X, like that's, we're seeing right now. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because 
I feel like we were really news heavy the first four years of these systems. And now oh, we're yeah. going into year six. It's kind of like you, you know we what? got so much news in a short period that it augments our expectations for how often we should get news. And I feel like maybe I'm misremembering how often we got news during the PS3 generation. Well, you know what else I think it is? And I really do think is a huge factor is that this is why I want people to, to, to you know communicate with us and let us know if you think that it's as slow as we feel like because we do a show every week about PlayStation mm. and we scourge for the news and mm. we try to come up with topics. Mm-hmm. And right now we just might be in a drought that's lasted longer than normal. But that's a good point because when you're not doing a show and you're not thinking about these topics, you don't. You don't really. You can go it. two weeks and not, and it doesn't feel like it's been two well, weeks without I'll, any I'll kind of notable you, news. The average person right now is focused on Monster, Monster Hunter Iceborne. Yeah, that's true. They're focused on P uh, P five R news and stuff like that, and all that. Well, oh, that brings a whole new layer to this. Games as a service is a way yeah. different situation than it was. Shadow last Keep gen. comes out in like what three weeks? So yeah. like you have Shadow Keep coming out. You have Warframe still doing amazing. Borderlands just Borderlands three just came out. There's so many things coming out right now. This that's why I specifically tailored the question to games. Asking, games last longer now than they used to. Like, yeah, yeah, but that's the thing though is that Sony exclusives don't. They're still the same. Typical Sony's always had their ten thing. to fifty hour, sixty hour adventures, and yet mm. the timeline is almost strewed as if they weren't. As if you know these are. Well, and it seemed like it never mattered though this gen that they were on the shorter side and that they were linear because it's like they were really good. And it was kind of like, well, yeah, you may get through this one in 20 hours, but in about another two to three months, you have another one to play. Yeah, I was so like, say, since that release schedule has gotten skewed, now it feels like it's been forever since I've played a PlayStation exclusive. Even, that was great, you know? Even if it wasn't in your mind that you were going to play one in two or three months, you had one for the next year or six months at least. You had one for the long-term future. Yeah, true, but we technically have that now with Death Stranding and The Last of Us. But Death those are also yes, games we've we been know. seeing about. Well, yeah, that's true. but It could be 2022. We, I, hope not. I really doubt that they're going to have a media event at the end of September I'm gonna and guess, say the game comes out in 2022. Bonus points if you guess what day Last of Us is going to release on. We'll buy you a copy of the game. I will. I will buy you a copy of the yeah. game. Okay, Make well, that we'll two copies. Half and half. Yeah, no, I was going to say two copies, but okay. Not two <laughs> copies of the game to the same person, but February yeah. 22nd, 2022. I, now, you know what's ironic? I actually do think it'll be a. I think it'll be an early thing. Not the only thing that's weird about that. So many games are coming in March. Mine was a joke because 222. Yeah, 222. 20. Um, well, no, it was everything that came out in February 22 this year. Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot about and that. not a single one of those games. What were they? Oh, actually, one of them moved. Days Gone was one of them. Days Gone did move, but <laughs> Anthem. Yeah. Don't really talk about that anymore. I mean, oh, you do. God. What was the other one? Wasn't there an Xbox exclusive? Crackdown 3. Ooh. Did that game? Okay, yeah, whatever. They, that was also a Games Pass game, and they get weird. Sometimes they're early for Games Pass people. I don't know. I don't Let know. us know what you thought in the comments below. If you liked the video, please like the video. And if you dislike the video, dislike it as you please. Let us know how we're doing if you can. And as always, we'll see you guys back next Monday. Brett, take them off with the patrons. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks to our patrons, Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green. My name is Dan, Douglas Blow, Sean Santarude, Eric McAllister, Matt Sycamore, Funk Turkey, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, uh, Eduardo Palomino, Stephen Swanland, Coy Live, Philip LeGuerre, Corey Hickerson, Brian, Donovan Williams, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Brandon Edwards, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, and Dylan Kirby. Like we said, if you like what we're doing here and would like to support us in any way, shape, or form, go over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash nartech or just click in the link below. Thank you.